Hello and welcome to the Marvelous Duo. I'm Matt. And I'm Kate. And today we're joined by a guest host. Yet again, we get our second guest. Today we have Jacob. Hi! <laughs> today we are talking about Thor The Dark World, which was released in 2013, the same year as Iron Man 3. Yes. And the, the fun thing about them being released the same year is that while well, Iron Man 3 has the Paramount logo, Disney had bought out Paramount for the distribution rights by then. It's just that their contract uh, included Paramount being put on there for the Avengers and for Iron Man 3. But they are gone by Thor The Dark World. And instead, we have a new Marvel Studios logo. Yes, that blew my mind in the oh. theater. And uh, the woman that is now my wife did not understand it at all at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. It's such a such a wonderful opening. It is, and I hate the new Marvel movie opening. I don't like that they replaced all the cool comic characters with the arguably still cool movie characters. Yeah. I get why they did it. You know, you want to make its own thing, and, and the MCU is very much its own thing. It is more inspired by the comics and not exactly... At this point, it really feels like they're not trying to directly remake stuff. So I get why they did it, but... Give me that old, that old stuff, baby. I, I love the sound of the uh, pages yes. flipping during that logo. It is, there is some, something about it that is just homey. Yes. And this movie starts off very hot, I would say. It, it's, it's a lot like Ragnarok, where you're sort of just dropped into action. You have no real frame of reference until our man. Yeah, I mean... Like, it, it opens with the, the history lesson of the... The Dark Elves. The Dark Elves and <laughs> yeah. the Aether. And... I don't, a, an epic battle. Yeah. Which, we got kind of the same thing from the original Thor as well. So they kind of stuck with the the Thor tropes. Honestly, I will bit. say that this movie gave me super God of War vibes. Oh, like, huge, Much more yeah. than what I thought. And, like, when they were explaining the Nine Realms, aligning for the Convergence, and... Like, telling the history of how Odin's father, King Bor, you know, defeated mm -hmm. the Dark Elves, all that stuff. I don't know, I just, I got excited. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm about to play a video game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's a great entrance. Fun fact about the, uh, the, the actor playing Bor is actually one of the Irish gang leaders in the second season of the Netflix Daredevil show. Wow. So, yeah, he, he's actually in more than one marvel that's awesome yeah and, and one of them is still canon yeah unfortunately <laughs> one of them is not canon anymore but yeah I, I really like that actor he was he also played vincent van gogh in one of the best episodes of doctor who ever made nice but yeah we get the the history lesson about the ether and then we go to loki's trial uh <laughs> loki's not, not lecture trial. yeah where we we see the different parenting styles of Odin and Frigga, where Odin is very much like, mm, nope, no, you did wrong. Your mother's the only reason I'm not killing you. And Frigga is like, just don't make this worse, please. Like, she really seems like, mm -hmm. you know, she, she cares about the decisions that Loki makes. Yes. And Rene Russo, we stand a queen, an ageless queen. She is putting in so I think she is putting in more work than this role required and as compared to her counterpart, Sir Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> who is very vocal about this being an N A R role. He'll read the script and uh, just in big red pen write N A R on the top, which I don't believe this was discussed and was this discussed in the last episode about Thor? I don't think I it was. Don't I don't remember if so. it was brought up. I don't think we brought it up, but yeah. It stands for no acting required. Yep. And oh boy. I guess he's just he's an old man who needed a new bathroom at this point, I think. Yeah. The, probably. Like he He's not on yeah. screen a lot in this movie. Mm -mm. He's not, no. Which is Kind of, kind of weird, but like it seems like the majority of the time that he is on screen during this movie, he is being extremely arrogant and like haughty and just angry. Yeah, yeah. Which seems kind of different from Odin of the first movie. One hundred percent. Like 
It, it's crazy. But... Also, Frigga has a lot more lines in this movie than any other time that we've seen her. Yes. So I think I think they did that to emphasize the fact that to show the relationship between Thor and Frigga and Loki and Frigga because of what happens later on in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. They they did a lot of work to establish that relationship because it was just in the first one it was just yeah she's their mother but in the in this one it is very much like this is the connection that they have with her right and each other yeah they're they're the value at the end of the day they were raised with her values more than odin's which is proven time and again throughout (laughs) any movie they show up in oh yeah which is something that they bring up later is that so like we see later that frigga has that ability to i guess like not teleport, but cast illusion yeah. type mm-hmm. stuff. And that's 100% what Loki does. And mm-hmm. in that moment, you see that deeper connection of she probably taught him how to do that. Yeah. 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 We, we get to see Loki's trial and then we go to f- find out what it is that Thor is doing, which is currently <laughs> uh, destroying rock people on Vanaheim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was Korg's brother. Uh, <laughs> probably not his brother, but he is the same race of alien as Korg. And way bigger than Korg. So much bigger, yeah. It's kind of weird going back now, having seen Korg, like, re-watching this. That was a thought that I had when that guy showed up. I was like, that mm-hmm. is so much bigger. It's crazy. We also get to see Sif and the Warriors 3. They're restoring yes! the peace in Vanaheim. Yes. Um, And the actor that played the the guy that has the rapier. Fandro. Yeah, that guy. It's a different actor. Recast. It is Zachary Levy. Levi? One of those. Which, yeah, I think I I mentioned that in the first Thor episode, but it was because the actor that originally played him played Prince Charming in Once Upon a Time, and because that show got so popular, he did not have the time to play Fandral anymore. What's this Marvel stuff? I've got syndicated television to be in. (laughs) We also see that Odin fully plans for Thor to take over the throne sooner rather than later, which was not the case in the first movie, even though Thor was ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Odin was like, mm. But in this movie, the roles have kind of swapped. We also get another look at Odin's ravens when yes. there's like a pan out over yeah. the Asgardians, like training and whatnot. Yeah, one of the few times that we actually see the ravens with Odin. I don't remember how many other times we see it, but I do know that it is rare. I feel like this movie was separate enough from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that it focused more on the Norse mythology side of things. Mm-hmm. That it ma- that you almost, and we'll talk about this later when we like are rating the movie and whatnot, but as a standalone movie, I would have 100% been like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like, Norse yeah. mythology. <laughs> yeah. I- I was so into this movie from a Norse standpoint. Obviously, a lot of the it's it's not Norse mythology anymore. It's it's the Marvel cosmic mythology, but it's just so. I think this is the the prototype for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh honestly. yeah, this movie absolutely paved the way for Guardians of the yes. Galaxy to be as popular as it was because it does not focus on any singular character. And the villain, who I think is rather good, is in kind of in the same boat. His reasoning makes total sense. He's not equipped. He he and his people are not equipped to live in in this new universe. They want to reset everything so that they they can take back what was taken from them through the creation of the of the universe itself. And yeah. Which I don't think we've mentioned up until this point. The big bad evil guy uh, is Malekith, who is like a dark elf man. Mm -hmm. But is played by Christopher Eccleston, who was (laughs) the ninth doctor in Doctor Who. Yeah, Yeah, another Doctor Who connection. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. They're hooed up in this. Yeah, there's there's two at least. (laughs) It's because it was filmed in London and they only have three actors. (laughs) They just have to cycle through them. Yeah, everybody knows that England only has a a select handful of actors. (laughs) And one of them is Chris O'Dowd, who played in the IT crowd Mm. and is playing Richard uh, Jane's date. What a loser. Ugh, that poor man. Dude. Speaking about uh, Jane, before that scene when they're in a date, Odin actually goes out of his way to talk to Thor and be like, hey, maybe you should forget about the human (laughs) girl and uh, focus on this woman that's in front of you and, like, makes a reference to Lady Sif. Yeah, he he makes a lot of comments that, like, are him talking about Thor taking the throne, but it's also him alluding, uh, alluding to Sif. He very much is pushing Thor towards her. He very much wants immortal grandkids. Yes. 
or, or very, very long. Functionally immortal grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that whole scene is really cool to me because it shows Thor slipping, honestly slipping into a bit of a depression. Just like, oh, cool, everything I worked for in, in the last two movies I was in is just, like, not what I want at all, you know? And... And, and the one thing he does want, he can't. Or one person he wants to be with, he really can't be. And I, I, I like that dynamic throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Jane, we do go and see that scene of mm-hmm. uh, her on that date, which goes wonderfully. It doesn't. Uh, that was sarcasm. It was on the road to going wonderfully, and then Darcy nosed her way into there and ruined she everything. Did. She did. Darcy, Darcy comes in to be not just the comic relief, but the every time i'm on screen i'm cracking a joke comic relief yes Yes. and the and the token this character is gonna do a cuss yeah character (laughs) yeah they're like i don't know i think that was one of my issues with this movie rewatching it Mm -hmm. was that i don't i didn't like what they did with darcy's character a whole lot Mm -hmm. she is funny still still hilarious but I don't think that that needed to be the case every scene that she was in. But she does bust up into this date, basically saying that the, the scientific equipment is going haywire. She has no idea where Dr. Eric Selvig is, which we find out later has gone a little, <laughs> little cuckoo. Uh, she does make the comment that Eric, Eric went banana balls, which is a <laughs> wonderful phrase. A very 20... 20- 12 when they filmed this movie <laughs> yes so then they go to find the source of the crazy scientific equipment going haywire mm-hmm. which is an abandoned building that children are it's, living in what like street sort of urchins oliver twist is just off screen <laughs> right and you see outside everything's a little topsy-turvy that's why i wrote mm-hmm. my notes because like the there's a truck that's on its side and then mm-hmm. all the storage containers are all stacked on top of each other yeah some foreshadowing when a child lifts a truck with one finger. Yeah. Yeah. Either either there's something wrong with the gravity there, or that kid has super strength. And I think it's the gravity. Right. <laughs> but it's not just gravitational anomalies. It's uh, that we find out, it's preluded to, that there are rifts in between worlds, mm-hmm. which Jane gets sucked into. Or is she called? Because she's hearing a noise. It's it, it's almost calling her name. And, you know, she's so desperate uh, to be in the arms of Thor yet again. No, I'm kidding. No, she's in full scientist mode. She's investigating this anomaly. Something weird for what is happening occurs. It's such a cool sequence where she is pulled into another dimension <laughs> that I guess the gods just forgot about. I, I don't know. Like, they were like, yeah, we took the ether from the Dark Elves and we put it where no one would find it. And nothing nothing has happened since, I guess. We know this happens every 5,000 years and that the ether is sentient. <laughs> we're not going to put any safeguards up. I mean, the Asgardians know that the ether is in Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. But they even, but Thor later makes a comment that, oh, those are just stories that I heard growing up. So maybe yeah. because... Odin's father didn't think to push the importance of, you know, when the convergence happened again, that it fell from fact into a myth. Yeah, and yeah. I, like, Odin speaks about it as though he knows that it is fact, but I think also we see that, you know, with Odin being as haughty as he is, there's a good chance that that also came from his father. And yeah. Be, yeah. And it was their haughtiness that they didn't really prepare for the next time because yeah. it, was, it was very much like odin even says in one scene when he's explaining all this to thor he's like all of the dark elves are gone all of 100%. them are dead there they, is nothing to yes. worry about which is stupid so stupid it, it it does make sense because the entire dark elf fleet did nuke the surface of the planet they were on yeah <laughs> spartelheim spartelheim yes. spartelheim yeah, that, that f right there like before the age throws off so many people nordic languages man yeah can we also please talk about the fact that jane was just doing her normal scientific thing 
when the eighth are attached to her. I feel like in these instances, <laughs> so many times, like, you're, like, in horror movies, you're, like, screaming, you're like, no, don't do the thing. But she really didn't do anything. She didn't, like, stick her hand in there. Mm-hmm. She was just, like, peeking under there, and then it sensed her presence and then attached to her, mm-hmm. like a symbiote. Yes. She's going to turn into Venom. That that scene honestly did remind me a lot of the Venom symbiote, just the way it, like, oh, yeah. reached out and attached to her. And then, unfortunately, Malekith and his ship reawakens when the Aether attaches to Jane. We get a really awesome scene with a language that sounds very made up where the Dark Elves are sort of discussing like, okay, well, we're going to stick a, a, I don't know, some sort of flaming chrysalis inside of maybe our most capable warrior in what is very clearly going to be a suicide mission. And then they put this dope helmet on him. Yeah. The helmet... Almost immediate, well, we'll get to it, but this, the costume design in this movie is awesome, and that is something I did want to bring up with that opening battle scene. Those are real people wearing real costumes, smacking each other with prop swords. Oh oh yeah, that is, that's not CG, they they went all all out on that, which is so nice. Which I appreciate, because you can tell when effort's put into scenes like that, versus when they're just completely CGI made. I think it's a little weird. The, the one costume design thing that I think is weird is the Dark Elves mask. <laughs> it's so cool! I, like... It's creepy. It's, it's creepy, and I just... It feels weird that they just always wear them. <laughs> but Marvel likes their faceless armies. They're a faceless army that's really cool. I yeah. Think. They're not like the Chitari, which are like... The m- most boring faceless army i've ever seen literally faceless (laughs) at least these guys have cool v for vendetta masks yeah i will say that the dark elves in this their mask situation reminded me a lot of god of war yeah that yeah oh 100 percent. there is one plot hole that i did have a question about so we know loki's in his little dungeon got a room to himself so Mm -hmm. he's like in like a souped up dungeon it's a nice room nobody else has chairs right nobody else gets (laughs) chairs Loki has three of them. But they're taking all these people prisoner, and they're bringing them back to Asgard. Why? I had the same thought. Why are Me they too. bringing them to I Asgard? I thought that, was, that, that scene was weird. It was very out of place. Because I guess you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like, if they're going to do something, at least, like... At least at it's the in the heart of our... our pow- I mean, our power. Palace. Like... Well, yeah, but, like, we see how that can go wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, it looks like the dungeons are literally li- right below the throne room. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh, it, yes. Like, during the breakout scene, Loki's like, better take the stairs to the left. Like, does the, the stairs to the right just go up to the kitchens? But if you go to the left, the throne room. Like, uh, it just, it seems like a bad design. It, it does. It's very, it's very dumb. But, in their defense, they don't know the Dark Elves are still around. They don't know these cursed with the K creatures still exist. The only thing that could have made it worse is if there had been a Z somewhere in there. (laughs) Cursed. Cursed. Okay, come on. So, of course, Mr. I shoved a crystal in my stomach, breaks it out and crushes it, and turns into this super cool-looking bad guy. Yes. Now... Before we before that happens though, we've got Oh yeah. Thor goes and gets Jane because we find out that like every oh, yeah. night he goes and visits Heimdall who can see Jane and basically like let him know what's going on and Heimdall sees that Jane like disappeared at one point while she was getting injected with the ether. Yes. Um and so Thor goes and Infected. gets her and takes her back to Asgard because like the ether protects her from the police the british police (laughs) the The bobbies yeah the bobbies the coppers so he takes her back to asgard which is which odin loves yeah (laughs) odin's like oh you're bringing your girlfriend into my house without asking yeah um but then they they figure out like odin sees the ether in her and goes and basically tells both of them about the infinity stones without saying that it's the infinity stones but he does also make the comment that malekith made the ether yeah he formed the ether yeah i I think it's it's so what is that is that the matter stone uh, reality reality gem stone sorry that makes some sense you're compressing the essence of nothing into 
a crystalline shape. Obviously, it doesn't hold that shape forever. Uh, it doesn't even hold it <laughs> after this movie. It just becomes a little red rock, I guess. Yeah. But I thought that that was very cool as well. It's it's limits the Infinity Stones in a way that I kind of like. And but they totally disregard that by Phase Three. Right. By the time they you know do the, I mean even by the time uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy, when they explain the Infinity Stones, mm -hmm. it's just their, you know, singularities. I wonder if it is actually just what they meant was the Reality Stone existed and Malekith is the one that turned it into the, <laughs> like, living dust that yeah. it is. Yeah. That makes the most sense, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, after that is when we get the, the prison break. Which is so good. <laughs> it, it, that is a really fun scene. Going back and watching that scene again now was really sad, though, because you realize that Loki helping led to his mother's death. That that resentment of him being like, this is going to screw over Odin, Thor, mm -hmm. hey, take the stairs to the left, even if you're not letting me out, leads to one of the worst events of his life. Right. Which... Another thing is, why didn't he let Loki out? He literally let every other prisoner out and then bypassed Loki. Loki didn't look violent enough, maybe. Yeah, and he was just one guy. Yeah, Algrim, the, the elf, probably didn't see any value in letting him out. We also get to see that Frigga is very talented when it comes to fighting as well, because she is put in charge of protecting Jane. Mm -hmm. But when Algrim, is that what you said his name was? Algrim, yeah. When he finds... Frigga. Well, it's Malekith. Malekith. Yes, he, he confronts Frigga, yeah. After he uses his little blade ship to oh crash through all the columns. Oh, those ships. <laughs> I love that Thor the Dark World dares to answer the question of what if a sword was also a ship? Yes! Uh, I have that in my notes that like the elven ships just look like blades and they are so cool. Because you can't hit them. The Their no. little turret guns could do nothing against yeah. them. Because they just they flip around and spin and they're so thin that it's so hard to hit them and so they just cool. slice I also love stuff. the scene where Heimdall doesn't see them but he senses them and he just like runs and just yeets off of that bridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like not today. <laughs> and then and then realizes that the large ship is also there and just goes oh crap. One one thing that like one of the negative things that I noticed about the the prison break is once the Dark Elves, like, get in there and are just fighting on the ground with the Asgardians, the implosion grenades... I mm, hate them. They don't have a large enough blast radius to really be useful as grenades. Mm -hmm. Like, they take out one person. I mean, the they, they were countering Asgardians specifically, and they fight in grouped units that stay relatively close together so they can shield each other and all that stuff. That's what it's effective against. The Dark Elves very much feel like the Dark Eldar from Warhammer 40k, and this whole scene was just felt very Warhammer to me, where, you know, they, they turn invisible, and their ships are very knife-like, and they have these awesome knives and plasma weapons that they, they fire off. Oh, yeah. Like... I want these grenades. I was like, these grenades are so cool, but, like, they seem really impractical as grenades. It does make <laughs> sense, though, for them, because the first time that we see it, it gets one of the guys but the rest of them in that group all jump away from it so it makes sense that they would be used to just break up the groups mm -hmm. so yeah i guess that does make sense and i take back what i said earlier <laughs> but also they're just really cool the worst way to die oh absolutely besides being burned well i guess you're kind of being burned to death as your atoms are compressed into the space of one yeah and then you just don't exist yeah there's no explosion there's it's no just, body there's, there's no no nothing you're just gone after being painfully sucked into a black hole. <laughs> you know what would be really fun would be if we found out that the implosion grenades are actually based off of, like, pin particles or something very <laughs> similar. And those guys aren't actually dying. They're just being violently thrust into the uh, quantum, quantum realm. realm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still a horrible way to die, but also maybe not die. People can survive in the quantum realm. Anyways, so unfortunately Malekith tracks down, he's like a dog, like a bloodhound that can <laughs> seek out the ether. Um, he goes to the room where Jane is not actually there, right? but she's like, mm -hmm. what is that called? Her, a, she, an, an illusion? An a illusion. doppelganger uh, yeah. of, of sorts. Yeah. 
So Friggins put up this like fake version of Jane and and fights Malachi. You witch. And dies. And, but gets stabby stabbed. But she defeats Malekith. One hundred percent. She like bests him in a one-on-one fight. She is amazing. She yeah. is incredible. And she's so good at illusion, she made Malekith think that his precious red juice was in the room when she was around the corner, I guess? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. he, he can only sense it in a radius and there's not a directional quality to it. But, like, she's very good at what she does. The only yes. reason she loses is because Algram shows up yeah. and mm-hmm. is very strong and, yes. like, surprises her as well. After Algram had previously destroyed the shield generator yes. for the city. Yeah, also it's a very strong man. Just blew that thing right up. Yeah. yeah. Just punched it, got thrown around, and uh, dusted himself off like a champion. Can't wait to, when he how he uh, bulks up in the offseason. Can't wait to see that. It's yeah. very heartbreaking, the scene where Frigga is stabbed and then dead. Because uh, we get the send away. We get them mm. all, the boat send away. Which my question in those scenes, the pyre lighting on the mm-hmm. boats is always, what if you missed? What if one guy had the job of shooting a pyre for the queen? And what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, in uh, in in the culture that these myths originated in, that would happen, and it was essentially it was just intensely embarrassing. Now, if you were like lighting the pyre of a king and you missed you would be in trouble if it was, I mean, like, you know, public humiliation, potential exile or death. Uh, fortunately, Odin laced his wife's corpse with uh, explosive powder, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Apparently. No, no, no. Yeah, that, that entire scene from her getting stabbed, mm. where they just cut the sound, and they have, like, light music. The only dialogue that you hear is Thor, like, screaming like as he, just he attempts, toe. yeah, like as he <laughs> attempts to stop Malekith and like get revenge, blast um, the heck out of the dude's face. Yes, but it ever like all of the sound is just muted all the way through to the funeral, which mm-hmm. is just so beautifully done. That scene, oh my god, that was so good. This was a scene I probably should not have been driving during. Uh, usually dad stuff in movies really gets to me, but it's like, oh, cool, mom stuff also really, really gets to me, to me good. Um, and just, and then seeing Loki's reaction to the news is mm-hmm. just like, it's so intense. Yeah. And it just works so well. Before we get to that scene where they do tell Loki what's happened, we get a shot of Darcy freaking out and being like, <laughs> where is Jane disappeared? To Asgard with Thor. Dr. Eric isn't picking up his cell phone. And my intern is sitting on the couch watching TV. <laughs> uh, and then we find out that uh, Dr. Eric Selvig was at Stonehenge. He was at Stonehenge? Yes. Naked. Butt naked. Uh, trying to put up a little little thing. Stake, Gravity spikes. Things. Yeah, in the ground. Uh, and he got sent to an insane asylum or a, a mental health hospital. Yeah. Straight some, out of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some uh, some mental institution where Stan Lee is also hanging out and freely handing out his shoe. <laughs> yes, for a demonstration about how the realms work during the convergence. So that's our Stan Lee cameo of the movie. Yeah. And then immediately wanting that shoe back. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good... I, I think it's one of his better cameos. I, I don't usually like his cameos. I, I, I think they're, it's cool, you know, pay respect to the face of Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I also feel it's like, takes away from like, all the stuff he did that was kind of crappy. Yeah. It, which it, I feel is a story for another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, some of them feel shoehorned in. Yes. The, the, Avengers, the Avengers one <gasps> was the probably the most shoehorned <gasps> Stanley cameo. This one, this one is simple. It just, it works. It's, I didn't see it it's coming. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, like, it's just like, can I have my shoe back? And they're like, oh, hey, all right, that was, that was good. That's, that's one of the, I don't know, it's, it's a good one. I don't, I won't mm-hmm. say it's one of the better ones, but it is a good one. And you get some exposition. You learn what's happening. Right. And why Selvig is running around naked at ancient druidic monuments. Yeah. And also why Jane was able to be sucked into a different dimension. Mm-hmm. 
It's because there's random portals <laughs> opening up in between the realms. But only in merry old England. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't only have it in world, uh, worldwide, because then the Avengers will show up. Right. <laughs> and we can't have that happen in a solo movie yet. Apparently. But yeah, then we, then we go back to Asgard, where Thor has a plan that Odin does not want to do. Because Odin is just being extremely arrogant. Like, we've defeated them before, we'll do it again. It's no problem, despite the fact that we have no defenses at all. It's still not a problem. We're still going to do it. And his wife, a genius of military and tactical strategy, is gone. She was very. She's very important in the mythology to the defense of Asgard. Yeah, and I, I think maybe what they were going for is that like he is grieving and so maybe he's not thinking straight but like they don't really show that too well this is sir anthony hopkins phoning it in (laughs) yeah yeah like it just comes across as odin just being extremely arrogant yeah and not caring about his people but this next sequence between thor and loki pretty much for the better part of the rest of the movie is my favorite part about this movie Mm -hmm. like they're this arc between the two of them so like Thor does go and breaks Loki out, but before he breaks him out, he explains to him the plan. And the scene where Thor is talking to him about their mother dying and then offering to take him with him, he makes the comment, no more illusions, and then Loki drops the facade, and you just see the deranged mess that he is. And his Mm -hmm. room goes from being pristine and him looking pristine and walking around all haughty to him literally sitting on the floor barefooted. I'm assuming food that he's rubbed all over the walls and like his... like scratch marks on the wall. Let's call it food. Yeah. yeah, There's no telling. I I think it was really great that they had that that scene where Thor finally sees through one of Loki's illusions. I think like that was one of the one of the best things that they could have done to show that Thor is growing as a character. Yeah. I, I loved that. It, it showed that as, as far as their mother is concerned, Thor knows his brother. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And he knew there was no way he was keeping it together. Yeah. And also, he needed Loki because now that the Bifrost had been closed, there was no way out of Asgard, except he knew that Loki had a secret way out of Asgard. Mm-hmm. So that was like the whole main reason why he went to Loki. Not just because he had just lost his mother and he knew that Loki would want revenge also. I feel like the main reason was because Loki knew that secret way. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he gets Loki out and we get a Chris Evans cameo. Yes. It's so good. It's so funny. So hilarious. <laughs> Where they're just walking like between pillars and they each pillar just is a cut to him doing some different illusion. He turns Thor into Sif at one point. He turns himself into an Asgardian guard, which is actually more important than you think when it <laughs> happens. And then he turns into Captain America and wants to talk, uh, ha- wants to have a rousing discussion about freedom in the American way. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is uh, Chris so Evans great. putting in good work. Yes, absolutely. I feel like Chris Evans in that scene while he was there, because it wasn't his movie, like it wasn't a Captain America movie, I feel like he had major golden retriever energy. He was like, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Yes. Oh, you mean I don't have to stick to the script? Uh, and I love how he called out how dumb the Avengers costume was. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, we have this very elaborate escape plan that yes. Sif and the Warriors too, because Hogan stayed on his home world. Yeah, Hogan stayed on Vanaheim. And he was retired not, on his way to the home planet. Yeah, right. He was not really uh, on in, in this movie, except in like two scenes. Oh, and they kidnap Jane, because Jane has been put under house arrest. Yes. So he kidnaps Loki, or he breaks out Loki, has to go kidnap Jane, and then the elaborate escape. Yeah, which includes uh, Heimdall yet again... <laughs> following the rules to bend the rules he's very good at that he follows the rules to literally do nothing except i guess have odin on the opposite end of the yes. planet yes why or- have you called me here that i'm a traitor here take my <laughs> yeah. sword he, he gets odin away from the palace that's right so yeah. that they can go through without having to worry about him getting in the way because they don't want to fight odin no. bad idea you don't want to fight odin you Such will lose exactly <laughs> So they go and do that. Which Sif goes and gets... All of the Asgardian soldiers that they fight during this escape 
none of them are deadly blows. They just do them to knock them out. They don't exactly. want to kill anybody. Right. That's like they are they are doing this for Asgard. They don't want to kill Asgardians. Right. They're trying to save Asgardians. We get the the wonderful scene where Loki and Jane meet for the first time. <laughs> and she smacks him. She punches him. Oh. And he goes, I like her. <laughs> yes. Also, I felt the same way that you felt about Darcy being very one-linery every time she was on the ro- in the on the screen. I felt like Loki was also for the better part of the show. Every time he was on screen, he either had a smart comment to make or was mm-hmm. very quippy. And I was like, you're being very unnecessarily quippy. Like, it would happen every time. Yeah, and and that is something I was like, I don't feel like this matches with the movie we are watching at all. Right. So then we have, throughout this escape plan, that Thor has accounted for Loki not knowing the plan. Yes. By yeeting him out of a ship. (laughs) (laughs) The sword ship! Yeah, they (laughs) they steal the sword ship. Loki complains the whole time about Thor's flying and (laughs) how conspicuous they are. And Thor just pushes him out of it because the plan was not to actually take that ship. It was Mm -hmm. to use that as a diversion. That's right. Diversion, which is just... uh, It's good. It's so good. It was so unexpected in theaters that everybody in the theaters like, oh, (laughs) just like, I could not believe that had just happened. It's so good. And then we get uh, Zachary Levi. Is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah, we get him Robin Hooding around, which is very fun. It stinks. We'll never see him in a Marvel movie again. It's it's like um, what are the what are the old Robin Hood movies? Yeah, it was it was very much like that that like swinging from a chandelier kind of thing. Yes, <laughs> or in this case, a boat. Yeah. Yes. Swinging from a boat to another boat. And then they give Loki control of said boat, and then he squeezes <laughs> it through a very tiny hole, and Loki makes the comment that if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yes, I love that line. It's very reminiscent of the Willy Wonka magic tunnel <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> the music just in a crescendo, lights start popping up, Loki with this giant Cheshire gr- cat grin, just incredible. Yes. Then we also get uh, Darcy and her intern Ian breaking Selvig out and there's there's a great line as they are leaving the mental institution they see uh, like they're talking about the convergence and what it's going to make happen and they see like a group of birds go through one of those portals and then pop up like right underneath them and Selvig makes a comment about there's nothing more reassuring then knowing the world is crazier than you are and then throws away all of the meds that he had been taking a comical is... amount of medication he also yes. makes a comment earlier about having a god inside of his brain holy cow yes yeah that was that was a good line he's like i've had a god inside my brain and he, like he tells ian the intern that and the guy's face is just like what yes and then we're back to Zvar- was the battlefield name? Svartalfheim. That place. We're back to that place. And we get a line between Thor and Loki because they're kind of like reminiscing on their way to this place. Jane's like passed out in the front of this boat. And her eyes have gone completely black except for the irises mm-hmm. that look like the, the elves, the dark elves. Which is weird. But we get a conversation between the two of them talking about their mother because they start arguing and Thor said, mother wouldn't want us to fight. Um, and then you get this moment where they're just kind of staring at each other and you can see on Thor's face when he says the line, I wish I could trust you. Because oh. it breaks your heart. Because they have, they could be so great as as brothers and as mm-hmm. partners if Loki didn't have alternative motives. Motives. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. the every I swear every scene in this movie between Thor and Loki is so well written and so well acted. Yes. It's awesome and honestly I don't think of this as a Thor movie. I think of this at, it, it's an ensemble. It, it truly is. It's like a it, Asgard is a character in the movie in that we have so and I hate to say something so cliche but you just get so many so much with the Asgardian people that you don't get in. Honestly, you don't get it in the first Thor movie. You don't get it in the third one. Yeah, and that, that is something that is really, really good about this movie. Because it's, it's yeah, you're right. It's not just a Thor movie. It's a Thor and Loki and Jane and... And uh, Darcy and Selvig and, and Thor and, uh, and Odin. And, and Odin and Sif and Frigga and... Yeah. Like, Heimdall gets to do something and for Heimdall, once. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is It is really cool. 
So they've brought Jane to this place so that they can get Malekith. Yes, so they can get Malekith. I'm Malekith. That's how he talks. Yeah, he, that is how he talks. <laughs> you know, uh, I going back and watching, I was pretty sure that he did not say a single word in English. But there is one, it's actually this scene, that he says like one sentence in English and the rest of the time he speaks in Elvish, which I think is really cool. It's one of the few times that you see... An uh, alien being an, an, an alien. An alien being an alien, <laughs> yeah. Instead of them just all speaking English so that we can understand. No, like they speak Elvish this entire movie. Is it when he talks to Thor and he tells him to look at him? It's when he responds to Loki. When Loki betrays Thor and like hands over Jane, which is the only time Loki ever calls himself Loki of Jotunheim in the entire yeah. series. He hates his family. He, he hates the, the Frost Giants. He does, but he cannot say he's Loki of Asgard in this moment. He can't be of Asgard. It's not real. And so when he hands over Jane, I don't remember what Malekith says, but he responds to him in English. It's the only line he says in English. Also in this upcoming fight scene, Loki kicks Thor down a mountain. After his betrayal. After cutting his hand off. Yeah, cuts his hand off. That whole situation. That is like, that's one of the most violent things we've seen in a Marvel movie. Right. I, I was shocked in theaters. Other than the eyeball Horrifying. Thing. Yeah, oh, well. But you don't <laughs> yeah. see the eye, you don't see the remains of that eyeball. That's true. Now, fun fact about the hand getting chopped off. This is phase two. I may bring this up in the Iron Man 3 episode. I don't know. That's you'll the know. Future. If you're listening to this, you'll know. Yeah, as, because... Disney had just obtained Marvel. In phase two, every single movie has at least one person having an arm or uh, or a hand chopped <laughs> off as an homage to episode five of oh Star gosh. Wars because it was the second Star Wars movie. That's oh, no. funny. Yeah. So in this one, it is Thor getting his hand chopped off by Loki. That, that is a direct homage to Star Wars. Oh, no. That's, that's crazy. But we find out that Loki actually didn't betray Thor. It was planned, and the hand chopping off was an illusion. And we see that there are several times where Loki protects Jane. He saves her, yeah. like, twice. Yeah. And then Thor saves Loki. And it's yeah. a lot of back and forth, everyone saving each other. And they work so well as a team. I wish Loki was good. It hurts it, my heart. Yeah, they, they work really well as a team. And, like, their, their plan goes off almost perfectly. Yeah, until uh, Loki stabs Algrim. Loki stabs him, and <laughs> he just is like, Me too, bud! <laughs> and stabs Loki with the sword that is in his own chest. Yeah. Well, what we're, we have totally glossed over is Thor should have listened to his daddy. You can't destroy an infinity stone with something that isn't another infinity stone. That is yeah. true. Yeah, the, the whole plan was to destroy it and that does not work and instead Malekith absorbs it and uh, goes to leave and so that that's where this fight scene comes from is literally just them fighting Algrim and, and, there the, are and, a, and the other. There's a few shock troopers left yeah. that Loki just kind of dispatches like they're nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it, like you were saying, Kate, it is just like, dang, these guys really did spend hundreds or thousands of years growing up and fighting and, and, and living and they know each other. And that's what makes what happens next just that much worse. Yeah, because Loki then uh, dies. For real. He, no, he, no, he's definitely dead. He, he sacrifices himself in order to activate the implosion grenade yes. on Algrim, which is so much more uh, visual than the other implosion <laughs> grenade deaths that yes. we see earlier on. Isn't the idea that the cursed are essentially unstoppable? Yeah, Malekith basically says a comment about you know it creating like a darkness inside of him that will eventually consume him, mm. but he's unstoppable until it does. So I don't, I'm not, they don't really explain that, but it is really kind of interesting. They say in the beginning when they're talking about the war, the original war, that the cursed used part of the Aether, the stones imbued with the Aether, that so every one of the cursed is a suicide mission. Yeah. If you become Ooh. one of the cursed, you, you go and die. Right. One way or another. But then also Loki's death scene is so good because oh, you can man. see... 
I don't know if it's special effects or if they actually use like makeup to also help. But as he's talking to Thor, you can see him getting more and more washed out and his lips turning blue. And then finally he's just like, all right, conked out. Yeah. yeah. Very, very emotional, especially for Thor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who then goes on and continues to do what he has to do. And then Thor talking to Loki and Thor saying, I'll tell father what you've done. And Loki's last words being, I didn't do it for him. Yes. You're like, no. It's just like, oh. yeah. To fight till the end. <laughs> Tears pouring down my eyes. Right. Out of my eyes as I deliver dog food to a trailer park. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so Thor and Jane are stuck on Svartalfheim. They eventually find a way out because... Uh, the convergence is happening. They Richard. <laughs> Richard calls her and she has service on Svartalfheim <laughs> in a cave. With a box of scraps. No. Not a box, but some scraps. <laughs> a pile of scraps. A pile of scraps. A bunch of bricks, a can, some car keys. <laughs> yeah, the car keys, thankfully. So they are they are able to find the rift that they had found earlier. Uh, been, been playing with. And yeah, they, they make it back. The car has been graffitied over, but it is still <laughs> running. To show that time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I said it was graffiti, not that it was wearing glasses. Oh, right. <laughs> Zero out of four found that interesting. <laughs> then they go back to Jane's apartment where mm-hmm. Dr. Eric is not wearing pants. Helps right. him think. It helps I get him it. think, yes. <laughs> Worst I, part of my day is when I have to put pants on. Yeah, I, I, like, I understand the not wanting to wear pants kind of thing. And Thor puts Mjolnir on the coat rack. <laughs> so funny. Which I'm pretty sure was suggested by Chris Hemsworth. If I remember correctly, I know I've read that somewhere. I don't know for sure if it's the true. The coat rack is worthy. <laughs> well, no, because if you put the hammer in an elevator and send it up, elevator goes up. Elevator's mm-hmm. not worthy. Is the mm-hmm. elevator wielding it? No, it's just carrying it. Right. The coat rack's just yeah. just carrying. Just holding, just holding it. it. Yeah. Like, Space magic. Yeah. Then we get the scene where we find out that Loki's not actually dead because he goes back to Asgard as that as that same guard that well, he turned into. That's true, but I had forgotten about that scene and watching it I was like, What is this guard's deal? Why is is he just swimming why is he swimming in a river ham? He's chewing scenery like there's no tomorrow. And then and I was just like, What? And then it it just cuts and then obviously, you know, to skip forward a little bit, it was Loki the whole time. But yeah. yes, I I, I didn't I didn't even catch that the first or second time I watched this movie. It's it, it's one of the more subtle reveals that they have. Like if yeah. you miss this like two seconds, then you don't realize what's going on. Yeah, when I first watched this movie, I remember having the thought, how does this guard know that Loki's dead? He was <laughs> not there. <laughs> He was not. Oh, yes. Oh, all father. We definitely sent one of our severely depleted units to a planet that technically doesn't exist. That was, uh, that's a little, little weird one. But then Nobody we get, uh, <laughs> Thor, Thor is able to, with the help of the humans who are using the gravity spikes yeah! to just throw dark elves into different areas of London. Because Even... it was happening in Greenwich. The Convergence yeah, was Yeah, happening. they figure out it's in Greenwich, and so they go there and are, are ready, sort of, but not Great quite. Great scene. Just, just that entire ending scene, it's so cool because it's not just a fight scene. The last one, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. Kind of. Because you got, like, the jet fighters end up going <laughs> through a portal to Vanaheim. <laughs> The, the creature uh, from Jotunheim. The, because mm-hmm. uh, Malekith and Thor end up going to Jotunheim, a creature yeah. comes back with them. Ian figures out that the gravity messing up is going to help him stop these dark elves that are chasing him in Darcy. Yes. And he smashes them with a car. Which is so cool. Yeah. And then we get the, the very fun scene of Jane using a gravity spike to send dark elves away, who are then replaced by Darcy and Ian, who are... Making out Making because... out. Because they're gonna <laughs> die. It's the apocalypse. Might as well get some in. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it is just Ian saved our scene. She's like, you saved me. And, but <laughs> You saved me. Let's do this. That makes sense. But it's like when they appear the name game scene of just Jane, Eric, Ugh. Ian, Ugh. Darcy, Mia Mia. That, the, the delivery of Mjolnir made me crash my car. Now, 
<laughs> that that I think is like the peak of Darcy's comedy in this movie. It yeah, if they were gonna cut everything else and just include that, I'd be okay. Yeah. Yes. Also, before we get to that, the fighty scene, when they're walking through the big building next to the courtyard where the final mm-hmm. ba- boss goes down. They're like walking. Jane has on like these bright red rain boots, and someone <laughs> and they're like squeaking really bad. And someone's like, so Shh. and she's like, oh. the apocalypse is happening. You have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of the guys, Thor's fighting outside, and they're like, "What are you still doing here? Like, what's happening?" And there's this guy that turns around. And he goes, "Thor's outside. That's Thor outside. He's in The Witcher. That guy, that actor, is one of the magicians in The Witcher. Wow. Yes, he, he is the one that has a fling with Yennefer early on. Oh in wow. Season one. That jerk. Matthew paused yeah. it. And he was like, "That's the guy from The Witcher." And I was I like, "Hate that guy." I was like, "London. You know, they only have yeah. three actors." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, one thing about this fight I wanted to say is that I love Thor's backhand hammer throws. Ooh, they look baby, so cool. Good. The full spin and just release mm-hmm. with the cape flowing behind them. Ugh. Also, the fact that the way that he defeats Malekith is by just stabbing him with those little spiky things, and then Jane just yep. sending yeah. him to different dimensions. Sending like his arms to different dimensions, and then he. Just... Oh, that was so cool! Well, oh. sending him all to Svartalfheim, yeah. which I'm like, I guess you never know if he can like regenerate from that arm. Dark elves haven't been around for a long time, and we get the just the the. The playtime with portals segment yes. of the fight is so fun, and seeing Mjolnir like a confused <laughs> dog, just like you, you, just like and Thor ending up in the in the London Underground and like having <laughs> to get on a subway, and the girl that's like take, he's like, how do I get to Greenwich? And she's just like, take this train, three stops, and then she, you know falls on him accidentally. So his face, uh, he was like, mm. <laughs> his, It very much felt like something that they liked the reaction and they knew that Natalie Portman was not coming back for 10 more years <laughs> to be in the MCU. So like, okay, we'll let Thor play the field a, a little bit, I guess. <laughs> After that scene, though, when Thor has righted the world. Also, Thor defeated an Infinity Stone. Can we tell? Like, he defeated Malekith. But also, he took on an Infinity Stone and won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very strong. Which is insane. Yeah. But after that, we get the scene where Thor returns. He, oh. le- he leads Jane. Oh, continue. We are forgetting one very important thing. I meant I meant to bring it up earlier. Not only are the ships swords, and the swords are also ships, these elves are rolling coal, which does not fit, like, billowing black smoke just pouring out of their ships all the time, but they're also invisible. That makes no sense. And, of course, our favorite character, Annoying Mom, the ship, kills, is the actual thing that kills Malekith. Yes. <laughs> True. He yes. died, and it's cool. He dies the way he doomed his race. Yeah. To, to, to destruction, which I it thought is, was really cool. It is very apropos. And it's very much a, like, camera zoom in. <gasps> Mother! <laughs> <laughs> kind of an ending. Yes. Very very appropriate. True. But yeah, then we, then we get the, the aftermath of Thor going to talk to Odin and just having a conversation about, like, how he does not want to be king. He, he wants to protect the realms, but he can't do it from a throne. He says that he's ra- he would rather be a good man than a great king. Mm-hmm. Which is a oh, wonderful line. And the line that Odin throws out of, I have one son that wanted it too much and one who won't take it now. The I, the crazy thing about this scene is that it is Loki, but it is Loki showing at least some of the wisdom of, As- uh, of Odin, which is, I think that shows the development that Loki has gone through as well. If Loki would have been treated... Like, he was going to take the throne the way that Thor was from birth. Loki would have been a phenomenal king of Asgard if his mischievous side hadn't gotten the best of him. Yeah, he had no avenue for it. Right. And we get a very, very cheeky-looking Tom Hiddleston. Sitting on the throne. Yes. And he says, I'm going to milk this for as long as I can. Oh, yeah, yeah. After Thor leaves, we see that it is it is Loki, the big reveal that people didn't miss. <laughs> I think not, brother. <laughs> It's exactly oh, that, what, how he said That chuckle. Uh, <laughs> if he had chuckled like Skeletor, it would have been oh, no. like, just the cherry on top. 
But yeah, then we get the a bomb um, credits. The, yeah, the the mid credits scene. The portraits I really love. It's always fun. He's seeing who gets the ands, wits, and uh, is <laughs> at the end. True. Yeah, and the ah. Uh, yeah, those credits, the like painting style. I I had to leave for work right as like we were doing this, so I was like getting ready and trying to watch it because the art during that first section of credits is so cool. Yeah, that's like like sit and watch those credits. They're yeah. very good. The music was very good in this movie. We'll yes. get into that in a minute, I imagine. No, it's fine. All we have left to discuss is the mid credit scene and the after credit scene, and then we'll write it. There's an after credit scene? Yeah, yeah. there's two. Oh, um, whoops. <laughs> yeah, if you watched it on Disney+, Plus, you wouldn't have realized it because they went to the small screen and, like, suggesting That's something else. probably it. <laughs> during the credits, because I guess they didn't realize there is another after credit scene. But the mid-credit scene was Sif and the Warriors 2 again. Mm, Hogan no. still wasn't with I, I don't, I think it was only Sif and... Uh, Big Man. Yeah. The giant. Uh, dwarf. Volstag. Yes. Okay, so... So Sif and Volstag go to the Collector yes. uh, and drop off the Aether, which we know is the Reality Stone, with him. And they and they straight up talk about the fact that it is an Infinity Stone. It's not wise to keep two Infinity Stones together. And, and they talk about the fact that the Tesseract is an Infinity Stone, yes. which was not a thing during the Avengers. Yeah. Right. Because they didn't know what they were doing with that. Yeah. So the fact that they dropped it in this, in a mid credit scene, you're like, okay... Wow. But the collector makes a comment when he's holding the reality stone. He says, one down, five to go. Yeah, we get kind of an implication that the collector is going to do more to attempt to get the, the stones. He is set up. I was like, oh my gosh, the collector, that's crazy. He's got to show up in Guardians of the Galaxy as the villain, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, they've really set him up as being the, the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's really just a bad guy who, like, owns <laughs> sentient beings as, yes. as objects. He, he collects them. <laughs> um, and it's cool because this scene actually reveals his name. Like, he, his mm-hmm. name is not The Collector. It is Tanelier Tavon. Great which, name. Oh, I wrote that down. Which made me wonder, what is the Grand Master's real name? Because they're brothers. Yeah. <gasps> and, oh, you didn't know that. You didn't no! know? Whoa. Yeah, oh, the it, it makes Ragnarok so much more fun. When yeah. You realize, yeah. realize there are two people. They two look Jeff. the same. They, yes. That makes so much they sense. They have the same markings and everything. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. But it made, it made me wonder what the Grand Master's real name is. And they, then we get the after credit scene. Yes, the after credit scene is Jane noticing her equipment, seeing that, you know, there's something about to happen goes outside to her balcony and thor shows up from the bifrost and kisses her which is not actually natalie portman yeah it's his wife it is chris hemsworth's (laughs) wife and then there is a quick uh scene of the creature from jotunheim still at that warehouse (laughs) chasing birds and and messing up the london ecosystem yeah does anyone ever talk about that like does shield get a hold of this yes in agents of shield the episode that came out immediately after this movie (laughs) they clean it up which means it didn't happen (laughs) which means it didn't happen because apparently agents of shield is no longer canon kevin feige thank you for ruining (laughs) fandom uh kevin feige you have just uh opened yourself up to have a random beast from yo in London <laughs> at some point later on it'll never yeah. get taken care of but so anything else before we rate this movie I don't think so because all of my remaining points kind of factor into my rating of the movie okay yeah. so how are we doing this again as a movie as a movie in general and then as a superhero movie okay so as a movie in general what would we all rate this movie Jacob, since you were the one that originally was on this episode <laughs> to defend this movie, mm-hmm. what are what are you going to toss on there? So I walked out of the theater and was texting the boys about it and was just totally over the moon. The, rea- the reaction I got was, dude, you're out of your mind. That's the worst Marvel movie we've seen. This is a universe where Iron Man 2 exists and The Incredible Hulk, which aren't even that bad i don't know i so anyway i the, want to, those two have their place within the mcu sure one maybe of them does a, maybe it's not a good place yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i guess i'll write this as a standalone movie i give this i think it's a standalone movie i give this a gentleman six because it's 
it's like, oh, it's a hot day. I'm going to go in and get some popcorn, you know, have my Dr. Pepper. Enjoy the air conditioning and just like, oh, wow, enjoy the costume work. The fight choreography is really good. It really felt to me kind of like a, an older 70s movie where it's very much like, here's an interesting scenario and here are people in cool costumes and they're fighting. And isn't that fun, folks? So yeah, six out of 10 as a movie. I think it. I think you could watch this movie without having seen the other Thor movie or Avengers. Yeah, I think they so. They do a good job of catching you up. And most people know who Thor and Loki are. Like it's fairly common in, the, in pop culture to know that myth. It's a very popular myth. As a Marvel, movie it's hard to put a number to it well we don't really do it like we don't do it as a marvel movie but like as yeah. a super as a superhero movie yeah, like i general. think it's i do think it is one of the better ones which i need a numerical value <laughs> it's so difficult it's so difficult to put a number to it and and it makes sense because i feel like you could give this a two and it'd be justified you could give it a 9.9 and it'd be justified i think this is this is like an 8.75 as a superhero movie. I think it is head and shoulders above pretty much all of Phase 2 except for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I mean, I kind of... <laughs> it's it's in the top three best Phase 2 Marvel movies. I like it a whole lot more than, than most of the Spider-Mans that aren't Sam Raimi. <laughs> I like it a lot more than some of the Phase 1 stuff. I like it more than Thor 1. And I love Thor 1. Yeah. I think Thor Thor 1 might hold up better as a as a movie than a than anyway. Yeah, th that's my ranking. 6 out of 10. Gentleman 6 as a movie, 8.75 as a superhero movie. Okay. All right. Matt, what do you think? So, yeah. So going into this, I I was one of I was one of those boys uh, originally <laughs> when it came out. I was one of the ones that was like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. This one was bad." And I have bad mouthed this movie for years, <laughs> and I feel so bad because I think I only watched it once in theaters, so eight years ago, and going back and rewatching it now, I, I realized how wrong I was. So my, my advice to anyone listening is, uh, if you didn't like this movie originally, go watch it again. Please. Please go watch it again. Please. It is so much better than I remembered. I mean, it's got problems. Every movie does. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's better than I remember. I still think like there are a lot of movies in the MCU that are better than it. As a movie in general, not the development, but the relationship between Thor and Loki is one of the key parts of this movie and it is done mm -hmm. so well that it like it just bumps up that rating. I think based off of my memories it would have been somewhere around like a 2 or a 3 as a movie <laughs> in general. Going back and watching it again, I think I agree with the like I think I agree with the 6. I might even Go like a 6.5 or a 7. Whoa. I, th I think I'm going to have to average out at a 6.5 <laughs> as a movie in general. Because it's just, it's a lot better than I remember it being. And then as a superhero movie, doing a good superhero sequel is hard. Yes. The fact that they pulled one off that the argument could be made, it is better than, than the original. Which, I think you're right. As a movie in general, yes. I think the first Thor is better partly because like it was directed by uh kenneth branagh like yes he, he's a, he's shakespearean it is much more stage play yes <laughs> and it, it is it's so it's it's so well done it's well executed as a movie in general but as a superhero movie i think this one is better than the original so i'm gonna say as a superhero movie for this one 7.8 nice uh as a superhero movie partly because it is a sequel that is extremely well executed yeah and it it develops the superhero even more as well as developing his relationships in the world honestly just as a movie this movie made me feel a lot of things it was good it made me very emotional frigga's death scene was very emotional loki's death scene was very emotional i'm gonna give it an eight for just Heck a movie yeah. and i don't have any like fun facts or reasons why other than like tom hiddleston is beautiful He's... and he it just made me oh. feel things um and that will be the same way for guardians of the galaxy with chris pratt oh. uh, but uh as a superhero movie i don't know i was really entertained the aspect mm -hmm. of like norse mythology it did it was very reminiscent in my mind to god of war and i really loved the mm -hmm. god of war game so i'm gonna give it a 7.5 
Nice. All right. Which is one of our higher ratings, even out of the Phase 1 movies that we've done. Which yeah. is blowing my freaking mind right now. Because <laughs> you I came swear, in like, here. <laughs> rewatching this movie, we we expected to go into this as Jacob is going to defend this movie while we try to tear it apart. The, this this was going to be, me as Thor, man as Captain America, he's demanding I put the hammer down about Thor 2. <laughs> and I was prepping to do that. <laughs> and, um, that. That is not at all what this was, because like I rewatched that movie and I messaged Jacob and was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> the first time in my life I think I've ever heard those words. <laughs> but yeah, that, that really changed the, the dynamic of what this ended up being. Mm-hmm. But this it was, was a good movie. It was, yeah. It's so good, y'all. Please go watch. Yeah. And just watch movies that do fun goofy stuff <laughs> watch watch movies that you enjoy yes like make watch movies that make you feel good yeah yeah go watch it if you didn't watch it before listening go watch it now and we just wanted to give a quick thank you to jacob for well, being on our you. podcast wow. our second guest person ever wait second guest yeah, yeah. Wes was the first west was the far first guest ever Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you not listen to our podcast? Ooh, only the time you mentioned I would be on it. <laughs> now I'm angry. Well, uh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, and yeah. thanks for so- loving this movie so much. <laughs> and getting us hyped for it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, gl- I'm so glad that the hype paid off. Good. And I hope it pays off for the listeners. Yes. I hope so. I really hope people are watching these along with the episodes. I feel like that would be a really fun thing to do. So a special thanks to Mikhail Biro for the use of his music for our theme song. You can find the link to his YouTube in the episode description. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter for updates. That's where we'll update about future episodes. And if mm-hmm. we're taking a break or if anything's going to be late, we'll always update on there. Our next episode will be Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that is that is one that I remember liking. Ooh man, that's a but, good one. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember. It's another one I've only seen a couple of times. I think so I've only watched it once, so yeah, this will be gonna be fun. Baby. What if we say it all at the same time, oh, but at no. different uh, uh, octaves ranges, so yeah. that we harmonize? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have a have a no (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for listening we appreciate you and we will catch you in the next episode have a marvelous day bye 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 we're not harmonizing (laughs) stop it